Welcome back to another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast for our Si Se Puede series. Today I'm going to be talking to Fanny Veliz Grande. She is a Venezuelan American filmmaker, actor, producer, and the CEO of Avenida TV. She has over 20 years of experience here in the entertainment industry. Some of her projects include Mi Vida Daca, Homebound, and Our Quinceañera. Avenida Productions focuses on empowering independent filmmakers, especially those of marginalized communities, so that they can tell the stories that they want to tell. With her specific focus with Support Our Story, which is a crowdfunding feature, uh, Fanny strives to impact the future generations, giving them the resources to create the stories that they want to tell. I'm so very excited for you all to hear this incredible conversation with the wonderful Fanny Veliz Grande. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm joined by Fanny Veliz Grande. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Hi. Uh, yeah, no, of course. Thank you for doing this. Um, I wanted to let you have the floor. Introduce yourself and uh, how, tell everyone about yourself. Oh, okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Fanny Grande. I am the CEO and co-founder of Avenida Entertainment Group. And what we do is we use um, crowdfunding and other non-traditional methods to empower filmmakers. And our goal is to democratize access to Hollywood, right? To make it a more inclusive industry. And that's that's kind of how I started hearing about you. Like I had uh, seen a lot of people like reposting your stuff and then on Instagram is probably where I've seen you most. And every time there's something that I'm angry about, I'll see your, you come along on my feet and also express anger about it, like between Batgirl and the James what? Franco and recent news of it all. So I'm about to I, do one about this Little Mermaid situation. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so thankful that you're willing to step in. You're also like a filmmaker and producer and creator. Uh, you've done a lot of cool projects and I'll, I'll link them all in the bio, anything, and like give a fuller introduction to you. But uh, can I, uh, yes, yes. I started as an actor and then most of the roles, first of all, there were very few roles. I'm a Latina, right? So there were very few roles for me or anybody that looks like me. And then most of them were negative stereotypes. And I said, I don't want my, I made a choice very early on in my career that I didn't want my community to be seen as just that. Um, And that's why I started creating my own content and I have my own movie studio in the heart of LA. And our goal is to be the first major Hollywood studio owned by, by Latinos, right? That's the game. Yeah, that that's super exciting. <laughs> and I love what you do with Support Our Story as well, the crowdfunding portion of your production yeah. company and like how you use it to really like invigorate the community, not just like the Latina community, but as well as like yeah. minorities of all kind and like right. women, people of color. And I, I just love everything that you do. And when you agreed to be mm-hmm. part of this, I got super excited. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, if you think about it, most of the 
what keeps people on, in our communities from making their projects is funding. And that's how I discovered crowdfunding for my very first feature film. And I loved it because it was a way for the community to support me and support a story that I was making. So now I've dedicated a big portion of my career teaching other filmmakers how to get their funding from the community. And that's how our stories are gonna start getting green lit, right? We're not waiting for the Hollywood system. We're actually doing it ourselves. And I truly, truly believe in this. And you're making your own path, which is awesome to see and super inspiring as well. Um, yeah, that's very cool. that. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you, so what was um, the first example of American media that uh, you felt Latina joy in or you felt represented by? Uh, do you have a yeah. recollection of that? <laughs> it's very interesting because I was born in I was born in the U.S., but I grew up in Venezuela. So my whole life, I watched all these American shows dubbed in Spanish, and I, it didn't click on me that none of them looked like me, except maybe Mario Lopez and Saved by the Bell. Like, it, it never clicked on with me. I felt like all the characters, I could play them because I've always wanted to be an actor. When I moved to the US and I was actually pursuing a career in acting is when I realized, wait, these limitations have been put on me. I never had the limitations. I knew that I could play any of these roles. So I would say that watching real women have curves was one of the first times like oh i get that you know i'm not mexican but i'm i'm a latina and i could see like i i live in the us and and i speak english and i could see you know some some similarities um and and i decided to start making my own movies after i watched a movie called amores perros which was in spanish mexican you know it's a masterpiece it's still one of my favorite films to to this day but there's so few representations of us. You know, I could count with a hand probably how many films have you made about us. You know, I love a movie called um, Instructions Not Included. Oh, that Classics so like so great. Yeah. Classics like you know, Blood In, Blood Out. Um, there's so few. It's it's kind of sad to see. And then all our shows are getting canceled. <laughs> but I loved loved the remake of One Day at a Time. To me which is recently, by the way, is the first time that I actually feel like this could be my family, you know? I, I agree 100%. American, I was like, oh, she looks like me. You know? I was like, this is the one show and it just happened and it got canceled, right? So it's like, okay, great. It's so disheartening yeah. to see our stories continuously get like the short end of the stick. Like even like a show like Gordita Chronicles, like I really loved it, but then it's like already like, canceled and it's like so disheartening and one day at a time like you is the first time I felt mo I could see multiple members of my family in the show uh, like too. I could see everyone from my grandmother to my brother like everyone in my family had a role on the show it's so great it was so good too and it's you know like a, a sitcom a three camera which they don't really make anymore that many you know ah, I really love that show but there's so I, many ones that they're all getting canceled and it's like, I can't even <laughs> it's so, so frustrating to like as a latino who like has been desperate for the representation like we get like so, i feel like we get so many start and stops right we like get this incredible news that leslie grace is going to be batgirl and then they completely shelve the project and like the first afro latina superhero like yeah. we don't get to see her that poor girl first was in the heights 
you know, people started boycotting it. And now this one is like, oh my gosh, if she stops acting, I wouldn't blame her. And she's so talented and so gorgeous. Ugh, I feel so I, bad. I hope her. nothing but the best for her, but I can understand if she's like, this industry, I hate it. Like, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And now uh, with Isra Cruz, you know, on on the rings of power and he's getting so much pushed back and I've, you know, I've been following his career for so long and I've met him a few times. He's always been so gracious and kind and he is super talented and people are like boycotting the show and rating it one star because he's one of the leads. And it's like, are you serious? He's doing his job and he's killing it by the way. He's doing amazing. And it's so like, a this connect- go ahead. No, sorry. No, I'm saying there's a lot of work to do. We have to educate ourselves. And we have to educate our audience and also take a stand. And that's what we do here at Avenida. We just create our own avenue. It's hard, but at least we're in charge. We're not waiting for anybody to give us the green light. That's what I love about your production company. And it's also like the disconnect between like the fans. Like you have to not only, like you said, you have to educate our community, but then also educate the like audiences and like show them our stories and like why we matter, but we haven't had the opportunity. So we have to educate ourselves how to make our own stories. And that's, that's everything that you do. And that's so inspiring. And you're such a trailblazer for our community. Um, but I wanted to ask you like, uh, so you mentioned some of your favorite portrayals of Latina people and culture and the media, but what are some of the most harmful and frustrating stereotypes that you've seen that you want to debunk here on this podcast? And like you like hopefully elevate non-stereotypical Latina stories in your projects? Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> I hate when they treat us as props. If you're going to show us only as the maid, then you need to give us an actual storyline. The people who are maids are the hardest working people. They have integrity. Many of them were professionals in their countries. They're super intelligent. And here we treat them as invisible people. And you can see that in movies, there's always an, a maid, there's always a Latina who's the maid who has no lines, or if she has a line, she has, has to exaggerate the line, right? That stuff to me is like, why don't you show them as they are, hardworking people who are making a living and whose children are doing much better than they are, or really explain like, why did they choose this line of work, right? To me, that's that every single Latina on TV has to have somehow, somehow be a, um, had played a, a maid. That's just yeah. a, you know, it's a, it's a loss of talent. And also we should honor the hard work that maids do because it's very, very freaking hard. Um, the gam, you know, the gam bangers, there's always a gam banger, but it's always on the surface. It's the same thing. First of all, we don't live in East LA, it's such a small town and they don't show East LA as it is, which is a city rich of culture. And even being a gangbanger, like there's a culture there, you know, being a cholo, there's a culture that's been around for a very long time, you know? So um, it's very interesting to me to see <laughs> those two stereotypes. They're the archetypes of, and also the immigrant, the immigrant, right? We're all immigrants. We, as if Latinos were 20% of the population and we just all cross the border all at the same time. I think that's a disservice because Yes, we, we do have a large portion of our population that is immigrant, that's hardworking. But first of all, we didn't all cross by land, right? Many of us are very educated. And this whole suffering, 
Every time we're on TV, it's like we're just suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering. And then when they do show undocumented immigrants coming through, they never say why, you know? A, a, a big reason that these people are leaving their countries is because of the work that we're doing, right? And we force them to leave their own country and then we blame them. <laughs> and our immigration system is broken because it used to be that people would come to the US and work and then go home where they wanted to be. But now we made it so difficult for them to work, but we still need those workers. So we portray them as the evil when we need them. We need them to pick our fruit. Otherwise we will have no fruit, you know? We need them to build our buildings, to take care of our hospitality industry, but that's not how we show them. And lastly, to me, when you have an accent on TV, especially if it's a Spanish accent, you're seen as less than, and that is just ridiculous. We speak multiple languages, which is better than one, right? So there's so many negative stereotypes about our community that are truly affecting how we're seen. But for me, the most important thing is how we see ourselves, right? How the youth sees themselves. This is why I work so hard because we are way more than that. We're complex. We come from many different backgrounds. We're from here, from the U.S., we're from Latin America. We're white, we're black, we're Asian. We have different religions. And the beauty of our culture or our ethnicity is the culture, right, that we share. And it's very beautiful. That's very well put in. Like you said a lot of things that I uh, really resonate with, especially like the empowering the youth. That's like one of my biggest things is like I didn't feel like I was uh, had representation on TV for a long time. Like there were like little pockets of like every once in a while I'd see like a character that I resonated with. But like one day at a time was the first time I felt like I saw an entire family that was all Latino or Latine and but also all played by actors who were Latine, not uh, not like whitewashed versions of these families. And like every oh, single, <laughs> yeah. There's so few roles about us, like so few, you know, we get about five, no, not even 4% of roles. And then the few that are based on actual people that walk the earth should be played by Latinos. I'm sorry, it should be. Until it's equal and we get to play white people, then okay, <laughs> you know, but, it's very interesting, and I did, I'm sure you watched it, I did a TikTok about this, a reel, and I was like, so it's very interesting, if a white person gets the job that was meant for a brown person, because it's based on a role, on a person that actually worked, walked the earth, and they were Mexican, or they're Cuban, etc., then it's justified, like, well, that actor was the best actor for the job, right? But if one of us gets a job that, quote unquote, was meant for a white actor, then is woke casting or cele uh, diversity casting and it's so messed up because we like in the in the case of like you know rings of power ismail was the perfect and the best actor for that role you cannot deny it if you watch the actual show you know but it, it doesn't go both ways the thing with holly bailey like she, i mean if you hear that girl's voice who could have taught that like she was the best actor for the role but she's not allowed to play a mermaid, which is not even a real thing, right? She's a cartoon fish thing. <laughs> it's not even like, real. It's been yeah, in books. Yeah. Like, it was made up. And Oh, but but a person who was a Latino, like Fidel Castro, is getting paid by James Franco, and that's okay. First of all, it, two awful people. <laughs> right? Why are we glorifying it? either of them? <laughs> but, 
but it gets justified. Ben Affleck played a Mexican in Argo, and on, they justified it. I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones has played a Latina more times than I can count, you know? And it's like, don't take away the few jobs that we could get because we're Latinos, at least give them to us. Or they'll give the jobs to Spaniards. And as much as I love Javier Badem, who's one of my favorite actors, I don't think he should have played Desi Arnaz because he was, he was Mexican, you know? And he should have been, I mean, he was Cuban. He should have been a Cuban. I really feel in my heart that a Cuban should have played him, you know? So we need to, as a community, stand up, say our piece, but also, you know, take a stand, take a stand. I, you are just speaking all of the facts, like everything that I've felt, like you are in a much more uh, well put way than I could. Like for me, it's just like raw emotion. I just am angry all the time, but uh, the way you said it, and hopefully, like, I think I'm hopefully optimistic that we're starting to make some small progresses. But like I said, it's always like a start and stop. Like we get one foot forward and then we have to take three steps back because of like, in the Heights, like, uh, was so phenomenal, but it was pushed back a year because of the pandemic. And then Batgirl and uh, we get James Franco as Fidel Castro. Again, why are we glorifying these two individuals with um, the story? Yeah. Um, can I ask about your experience? Because I think you have such an interesting story and hence why you started Avenida Productions. But as an actor, as a creator, as a storyteller, like, what are some additional obstacles that you have had to face that non-Latina peers would ha uh, not even imagine? Well, I don't know, that's a loaded question. I mean, I've, I've, the thing is this, this industry is difficult for most people, right? That is just fact, unless you know you're, that's Steven Spielberg or somebody like that. Because um, nepotism is real. Then, but it is, a fact that Latinos are the most underrepresented community. We are almost 20% of the population. We only get about 5% of jobs. Behind the cameras, even less. I can't even count the number of times where I've had a film at a film festival and won a major film festival like South by Southwest and I get nothing from it. No reps, nothing, no press. Um, I've been to so many competitions where people adore my film over another film. I never, ever, ever get selected, <laughs> you know? I can't tell you, you know, I have films that I have self-distributed that I produce and directed myself that do really well, right? But yet a big streamer won't buy it. But then when I self-distribute, it does really well. It, it, it just seems like I've even gotten like fellowships and into programs, but I never get selected. It's like, okay. At first, it, it's kind of hard not to take it personal, right? But then when I start looking at my counterparts who I know are super duper talented and are facing the same challenges that I am, then it's very clear that it's, there's something else there besides talent. Um, so yeah, that's, there, there, there's just a lot, like from not even being able to get an agent to, to get a publicist, to get just basic things that you need to make it, to make it quote unquote, right? <laughs> to be successful yeah. in the industry. I'm a successful person in this industry and I've done everything outside, right? Outside of the, of the realm. And it's like you mentioned the education factor. Like I feel like a lot of Latina people don't even know where to start. It's whereas like yeah. a lot of like 
people who grew up in the, in like Hollywood or like obviously there's an nepotism aspect, but even like white people would have like just I guess more sense of like what to start. Like I feel like when I came out here, I was like, oh, I don't really know as much as I thought I knew. But a lot of my white peers from college also they knew more than I did just based on like their experiences and like the education factor that you're very focused on is super important. I think it's uh it's uh about accessibility as well to these resources, to learning as well. Yes. When you talked about like the immigrant story, I was gonna like plug your movie, Mi Vida Daca, and like how like that's gonna like hopefully reshape some of the preconceptions that people have and like like destigmatize a lot of what happens and uh, show it in a new life. And I hope it's like a very like well spread out film and a lot of eyes get on it. Uh, yeah, that's what we're, you know, that's what we are hoping that people watch this and see that dreamers, DACA recipients are American. They grew up here. They're educated in the American system. And now they just feel betrayed that they're being used as pawns by, you know, certain certain politicians. So I really, really hope that the film helps normalize their situation, especially because DACA has been around for 10 years. So every work that I, every piece of work that I do, my goal is to reshape a stereotype about our community. And it's very interesting because, you know, I'm from Venezuela, I'm not Mexican, but a lot of the stories about Latinos in the media are about Mexican, Mexican-Americans. And that's because they're the largest you know, piece of our, of our pie, <laughs> right? By proximity. And also, you know, a quarter of this country was Mexico at one point, you know, and that's yeah. not. So when I say our community, I really truly feel like all of us Latinos need to come together because we are more powerful when we're together. And we, we tend to divide, right? And bring each other, oh no, why? You're a Mexican. Oh, you're, you're Venezuelan. It doesn't matter. In this country, we're all seen as Mexicans. So I mean, like, embrace it. <laughs> and once we're powerful, we can get in there. It's like, listen, there's a whole other list of countries, you know, <laughs> we're not all Mexican. But to me, like, I've learned so much about Mexican culture. And I do feel a lot of affinity with my Mexican brothers and sisters. You know, Mexi I'm married to a Mexidorian. My kids are Mexican, you know. I always feel like when you're in LA, for example, you're Mexican, <laughs> you know. And there's something so beautiful about that country. I mean, it cannot be denied. Look at it. Now so many Americans are moving to, to Mexico because the lifestyle there is better. <laughs> so I really hope that people see this film and fall in love with Mexico and, and its people and, and how important they are to the economy and to the culture of the U.S. I can uh, understand all that and I'm really excited about all that. Because I think that's something that I'm passionate about is like getting people to be excited about my culture and our Latino cultures. Um, and with that said, I wanted to ask you a question about like, what do you hope that besides like in terms of the struggle and all our like hard work, what do you want American audiences to learn about our cultures besides the stereotypes that they may already think they know that are more one dimensional? But what are what are some like things of our culture that you think American audiences would like be delighted to learn about? We're funny. We're not all struggle. We're fun and we dance. We love, we love hard. We love our families. Yes, we're passionate. That's not a bad thing. That should be a great thing because we see things through. We work hard. We have many, many, many talents. We're not a monolith, right? We're not. Um, most of us really, you know, are spiritual and we believe in God and 
we honor each other and we are family. And at the end of the day, to me, I just hope people listening to your podcast or who I can touch, just learn that. Don't let a stereotype or some misconception that you watch on TV or film keep you from getting to know somebody from our community. We are just as American, you know? We're a young population. We're gonna be, we're already an alpha buying power. So get to know us. We, we are welcoming. We are welcoming people and we're so diverse. I love, listen, I love being a Latina. This is why I fight for it so much. Right. For us to be understood. <laughs> and it's my version of it. Somebody else might have a completely different version <laughs> of what a Latina is. And it's okay. That's the beauty of it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I just want people to know we are not the other. We're not the enemy. We're not the other. We're not less than. We're definitely not criminals, you know. And, and we're part of the American fabric. And we've been here. We've been here through every American war. Um, so we part of the history of this country from its inception. So I just want us to be honored and to be celebrated, not just during Hispanic Heritage Month, you know, but like the rest of the year as well. Every month needs to be Hispanic Heritage yeah. Month. And we like obviously <laughs> celebrate it the most during the actual time, but I feel like that's just something like celebrate everyone at every opportunity. Yes, it's great to have this celebration. It's, you know, let's not take it away because we're not there yet. Yeah, it's really good. Like, you know, we get a lot of opportunities during Hispanic Heritage Month and, and I, for one, am grateful, but I just wish that people would want to work with me the rest, you know, like brands and studios and things like that want to work with me the rest of the year because our work is important all year around. It's so important. I'm so uh, proud of like everything that the people that I look up to in this industry are becoming trailblazers for me and like my generation and giving us making the opportunities better for us and it's like a slow fight but it's continuously a fight that we're getting a little bit more opportunities each year each year hopefully um i know we're running very low on time but i wanted to ask if there's something like a latino story that you think people should from this audience need to watch like something that you enjoy and you love so much i know you mentioned one day at a time but if there's something else that you really want to highlight like use this platform in this moment to tell everyone to check out oh yes please watch everything that's latino absolutely everything yes. don't skip anything because we need to send a strong message things are you know there's a movie called the valet that i just watched that's very good i heard there's a show called mo that has a very strong latina i have to it's next on my queue please please watch it um a lot of things are canceled but you can watch vida it's rerunning on hulu um I mean, I know there's a lot of the Star Wars films are getting diverse now. I mean, uh, please, please, please go watch Blonde with with Ana de Armas playing Marilyn Monroe because first of all, I know this is reversed. So um, I feel like that show, that movie about Marilyn Monroe being played by a Latina is a really big deal. And apparently she, she does an amazing job and little known fact is Marilyn Monroe was half Mexican. <laughs> People don't want to just Google it. Like, it's, her mother was Mexican. Um, so it's okay that Ana de Armas is playing her, you know. Um, please watch, you know, for sure the rings and support Ismael and send him some messages and support him because he's really being attacked. 
Um, but look, The Mandalorian show, right? It's a very Latino show, but it's not. Like, The Mandalorian is Latino. The directors are Latino. There's so many Latino actors that have made cameos. You know, Rosario Dawson, like, so, so many. I've been a post about it and it went viral because it's true. Like, you can have a show that's for the masses where Latinos are leads, you know, like The Mandalorian, case in point. Yeah, I'm super Nobody excited does. for Andor also, which is Diego Luna and like. Oh so. my gosh, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited. Um, <laughs> so watch, you know, watch those shows and also watch shows with little known Latino actors. I know because um, we need to elevate them. We need to elevate the actors that miraculously are breaking through. We just have to. So watch it. Even if you don't like it, watch it in the background. I don't care. Just watch it, <laughs> you know. And I'm excited about all these actors. Like, I, I hope to see, like, so many of them succeed with, like, these little projects. Like, I worked on Promised Land as a production assistant oh, on Hulu. And I am so excited to see, like, some of the careers of the people that I worked with. Like, some Tentified of those actors who are so talented. Tentified open some doors. Yep. And, you know, uh, Vida, Melissa Barrera is killing the game. I'm very, very happy for her. On my blog, you know, Jessica Garcia. She's doing really wonderful things. Annie Gonzalez, like... There's actors that are really, really, really trying. So we need to support them. And a lot of them are my friends. So I know how difficult it is. So please, if you're watching this and and, and a show that comes out that's about a, a Latino, an American Latino or Latine, whatever, just watch it. Even if it doesn't quite represent you, because unless we prove to Hollywood that there's money in this content, they're not going to create enough content that represents all of us. You don't see white people being like, oh, Star Trek doesn't represent me because I don't live in space. They still watch it, right? So we got to be, we got to do the same thing. We have to do the same thing. I am very excited about like the future, but also like nervous, but hopefully like I tell my friends, even if you don't watch the whole show yourself, put it on in the background on mute. Yes. And like, you can like, uh, just give us the number, like give us the little rating, uh, bumps, yes. hopefully. Um, thank you so much for your time. Do you have anything you want to promote or tell people to check you out on like, obviously I haven't productions, but if you, you have social yes. media that you want to promote. Watching your own streamer. It's called Avenida TV. And it's going to be American Latino content. So in English for American audiences with a Latino flavor. So please, please, please follow us on our socials. We're announcing the release of our streamer and you're going to see a lot of content that you love. And we're very, very excited. We're very excited, but we need you all to subscribe, to watch it and to support your own. Because and I was looking that it's going to have to. Yeah, I was looking. It's going to be like on all the like major things like Apple TV, Roku. It's going to be on everything, which yes. is super exciting. Yes, it's going to be cheap. $4.99 to start. You know, hopefully we lower it, but it's going to be $4.99. We have tons of beautiful content created by Latinos, talented. So please, we can't keep complaining if we don't support because then it's on us, right? Yeah, we got to we gotta show up for our community because if all we right. don't, then like we're the ones to blame as well. Like we can't just give all the blame to American audiences we, if we don't show up. We, we, we play a part. <laughs> Anything else you want to promote? That's or, it. Okay. TV. When my DACA life comes out, please watch it. And, uh, you know, come see us in L.A. Okay, yeah, I'm, we can. And everyone video. can follow you at Fanny V. Grande, right? On Instagram. V. Grande yeah. or Avenida Productions. Great. 
thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for thank talking you. about this subject that we're both super passionate about. Yes, <laughs> thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you again to Fanny for all the time that she gave us. I really enjoyed this conversation with her. You can follow her at Fanny V. Grande on Instagram. Uh, and keep your eye out for Avenida TV coming to all streamers soon. Now, uh, once again, my name is Felipe, and I'm excited for our next interview. It should be with Lirsa Torres from Survivor. Um, but another interview we have lined up for this week is the great Rolando Chuzan from Promised Land. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for the Brazilian Dragon feed. Now, normally we talk about Disney Channel original movies, Scooby-Doo movies, Total Drama Island, and keep your eyes peeled also if you're a fan of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, my friend Sam and I will be discussing the finale, hopefully with a guest or two, uh, and recapping the final episode of this season. But uh, on the main feed right now, our main focus is Si Se Puede, which is this conversational series about Latine and Hispanic representation for Latine and Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, for my pop culture plug of the week, I want to highlight Wizards of Waverly Place. That was a show that was very important to me as a kid. Uh, it sticks in line with the Brazilian Dragon uh, content that we generally produce, a Disney Channel show. So I wanted to highlight that as my pop culture plug for the week. It's a Latino family uh, that has magical powers. Um, if you grew up in the 2000s like I did, you definitely know what it is. Um, so again, you can follow Brazilian Dragon Podcast on all social media at Brazil Dragon Pod. You can see what we have in our catalog on the Instagram page. You can also follow me personally on all social media at what the fleep. And if you want to get in touch with me about this project, you can email Felipe at Brazilian Dragon Podcast.com. Now I hope you all have a lovely day and I'm excited to bring you our next interview series with Lirsa Torres from Survivor. And then after that, the next episode will be with Rolando Chuzan from Promised Land. Hope you all have a lovely day. And si se puede, mi gente, echa palante. Hey, Jorginho. É mais uma do Kevinho. Você acredita? Essa novinha é terrorista, é especialista. Olha o que ela faz num baile funk com as amigas. Essa novinha é terrorista, é especialista. Olha o que ela faz num baile funk com as amigas. Olha o que ela faz num baile funk com as amigas. É muito explosiva, não mexe com ela não. É muito explosiva, não briga com ela não. Olha a explosão. Quando ela bate com a bunda no chão. Quando ela mexe com a bunda no chão. Quando ela joga com a bunda no chão. Quando ela sai o bumbo no chão. Chão, 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 chão. Quando ela bate com a bunda no chão. Quando ela mexe com o bumbo no chão. Quando ela joga seu bumbo no chão. Chão, 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 chão.
Essa novinha é terrorista, é especialista. Olha o que ela faz no baile funk com as amigas. Essa novinha é terrorista, é especialista. Olha o que ela faz no baile funk com as amigas. Olha o que ela faz no baile funk com as amigas. É muito explosiva, não mexe com ela, não. É muito explosiva, não brinca com ela, não. Olha a explosão. Quando ela bate com a bunda no chão. Quando ela mexe com a bunda no chão. Quando ela joga com a bunda no chão. Quando ela sai o bumbo no chão. Chão, 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 chão. Quando ela bate com a bunda no chão. Quando ela mexe com o bumbo no chão. Quando ela joga seu bumbo no chão. Chão, 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 chão. 